Hey, nerds! It's Geeks of Cascadia. Geeks of Cascadia. Geeks of Cascadia. Exclusive tabletop game podcast for the uh, Pacific Northwest. All levels of gamers. Analog gaming. Tabletop news. Dungeons and Dragons and Magic. Stupid, mindless bad. There will definitely be some bet. That's probably our best. Lot that, that's, 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 our, that's our best feature. You are listening to the Geeks of Cascadia podcast. This podcast is brought to you by OrcaCon. Hey, Geeks. Blue Samurai here. I am with... Still Paul. Guess what? It's a special uh, podcast that we're doing for the OrcaCon uh, convention, which is um, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, the 7th, 8th, and 9th, I yes, believe. Yes, 7th, 8th, and 9th. And we are right here in the Bellevue Hilton. Yes. And we are really excited because we're going to be here all three days. Yes. And we are here to report on the first day, Friday. So hopefully you are listening to us as you're driving here or you're getting up in the morning and brushing your teeth. Or maybe you're on the treadmill and you're thinking to yourself, what am I going to do? I need to play some board games. Yeah, board games. Or you can check out the other cool stuff that's happening here. We got we got panels uh, with uh, some folks. Uh, Tanya DePass is going to be here. Omega Jones. Uh, who else do we got on the panels? Uh, I, I honestly don't know. Well, you know the great thing is all you got to do is go to orcacon.org. and click the sketch thing. Yep. And it will come right up. Uh, also, we've got some food trucks uh, throughout. The convention, so you can check that out. So we'll we'll make sure that you get fed, um, and of course, tons of games. We have an extensive game library here. Oh, oh, let's talk about the extensive game library that we just moved out of that U-Haul truck. Oh yeah, I am so tired. <laughs> Paul's really tired. <laughs> that was a lot of heavy lifting. Me, well, I got to carry the um, giant uh-huh. Star Trek c- oh, Catan okay. that was donated from Catan. Um, that was really, really heavy, so please come and play it. <laughs> yes. Paul likes to lift with his back, oh. not with his legs. But you know what? What's great about OrcaCon, though, is they've got a great bar, so yeah. you can go ahead great and bar, yes. drink your pain the, the, away, the, the, I guess. The food, um, the food but the food is amazing. It's really, really good. Yes. Um, yes. And, um, of course, games. Just yes. tons of games. A uh, lot, lot of opportunity here. You check out the schedule. Or, um, and you'll see all the games that are going to be played here. We got a pretty good and robust merchant hall. So we got tons of free play space. Mm-hmm. So come on down. And one thing that we want to stress to you all, because still Paul and myself, we've been doing this. We've been going to conventions quite a bit. Yeah. Um, I've been to big conventions, small conventions. The best thing to do is actually get a hotel room at the convention, just because. You know, you're enjoying yourself. But you have to let them know that you're here for the convention. Yes. And maybe you get the convention room rate. Yes. But get a room. Yeah. Uh, that way you don't have to worry about, oh, man, I'm, I'm going to be too tired to drive home. Or maybe you've had a, you know, a couple of drinks while maybe, you've been maybe, playing maybe the game. Maybe an apple teeny. Yeah. And just play it safe. Play it safe. Um, go ahead and yeah. uh, get a room here. It's not worth a $10,000 ticket. No. It's not, or whatever the price is. Yes, I don't know. That's what the, uh, the advertisement said. So, I've never had one of those. Yeah, so get, so get a room. We encourage you to do that. Ah, and also what is happening here, what I love about OrcaCon and conventions like this, is you get to peek into the development of a new tabletop game. 
Uh, Playtest Northwest will be here with new and upcoming game designers. They'll yeah. be having their games. And who knows? It might be the next Dominion. It might, it might be. be the next Magic the Gathering. Who knows? You're going to meet these game designers, and you're going to play their game as they're game testing. And next thing you know, it's on Kickstarter, and it made it big. And why did it make it big? Because, because you, you came here and played yeah. this. Yes. And they're all varying stages. Yes. So it's, it's super interesting to see how games grow when there's one guy with three by five cards and things scribbled on them, and there's another guy with a game that looks done completely. Right. Speaking of which, I think we know somebody in uh, Playtest Northwest. Do we? Is it Nicole? It is I Nicole. Love, I love Nicole. And we interviewed Nicole back at Dragonflight, and so what we're going to do is we're going to play a little bit about, about that so you get to know her and Playtest Northwest and some opportunities for you all when you come to um, OrcaCon to play some games. Yeah, and when, when we come back from that, we're going to tell you about the things that are going on on Friday. That's right, so that you will have options and you'll be prepared knowing exactly what you're going to do when you come here to, to OrcaCon. Yes. So with that, let's see what the interview is. Yeah. Hey, geeks, guess who we have here? We have Nicole with Playtest Northwest. Yay! <laughs> Nicole, how you doing? Oh, you know, pretty good, pretty good. Is it good that you're getting to be in the con circuit again and actually see people? Yes, I, I feel like the sore throat is already <laughs> happening just because I've been talking so much. Oh, that is wonderful. So, uh... Those of you out there, I know if you uh, if you don't know about Playtest Northwest, we got a previous episode. You can go check it, check that out. And but, Nicole, what can you do a quick elevator pitch about what uh, Playtest Northwest Northwest is? <laughs> yes, be, beyond being a mm-hmm. tongue twister, mm-hmm. uh, and especially when we're in masks and mm-hmm. stuff. Um, so yeah, Playtest Northwest is an organization started about 2015. Uh, it's kind of run and organized by local uh, indie game designers. And we just organize a bunch of playtesting events uh, around the Washington, Oregon kind of areas, and mostly to help uh, indie game designers get their games tested. So we have a lot of tables here at Dragonflight, for example, that we just kind of like have people drop in and test uh, different games that are at the prototype stage, and then we support them with like prize support or you know um, sharing about the events and such, and that's what we do. So since uh, the last we talked to you, what, what have been this, uh, the gems that have come out uh, so far from the last time? Oh, I like that you're sticking with the positive, yes. too. Yeah. I think the last time we talked was 2019 of this convention, I want to say. I wow, think that, that I think that is. Yeah, I think that is the last time we actually mm-hmm. did Dragonflight. Because uh, our last con- in-person convention uh, before today was OrcaCon 2020. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, it's been, it's been a tick. But the gems that really came out of it, you know, I had a really a, a number of great de- game designers and organizers that really stepped up to help me adjust, uh, help me and the organization adjust to digital tools. So, you know, like most people, we went to digital playtesting, set up a Discord, um, are testing games through Tabletop Simulator and Tabletopia, uh, and also started a, a Twitch stream on Tuesdays where we kind of interview people, we play games, we kind of do a bunch of random stuff, but it's mostly a way that we kept engaged with the community that we couldn't see in person for a whole year and a half. Um, and it was a great way to still connect with people on, in chat and such. So I just want to give a big shout out to Bo, um, who's been helping me run the Twitch and Discord. We also have a number of game designers, Mark, Quinn, Daniel, uh, Courtney, Derek, oh, I, there's so many people, but they're the ones that kind of stepped up and kept playtesting with us um, in this new format. 
That is wonderful. And in, in, it's so nice to have a place where, you know, if you're a game designer, you don't, you don't know what to do, right? A lot, a lot, you have this idea, but you don't know where to go. And it at least allows you to talk to other people, too, and not just test your games. Because I've heard, talked to some of your game designers that have went through, and it's just nice that there's a, it's not just a place to test games, but actually meet other game designers. Yeah, exactly. Like that Discord has been great for that. And that's actually another gem is, you know, where there's Pacific or Pacific, there's Playtest Northwest <laughs> in the title. But when we move to Discord and are in like these digital communities, uh, we aren't limited by region anymore. So we've been actually meeting a ton of awesome game designers oh, wow. that don't even mm. live anywhere near us. Um, that we've been playing their games, we've been cool. meeting them, and mm-hmm. I think the hope is that it, you know, in future in-person conventions, we'll meet Northeast them. And maybe the Southwest. <laughs> I mean, it definitely has me thinking about changing names, mm-hmm. but like, I don't know, like logo and name redesign is something I don't really want to think about. There's so many other things that we have to do first and, and want to plan for. So if I'm a, if I'm a game developer and, um, and I get with you guys and people are playing my games today, my prototype games. How, how long do game developers stay with you? Or is it just kind of a one and done? Or, I mean, I don't think you kick anyone out. Or, but you know what I'm saying? Like, then they get some feedback and they tweak their games. Do so they come back to you again? Or how long does that process last for the average game developer? Yeah, I can... You know. Yeah. Okay. That's. It's a, I, I like that question. It's a. It's a. And and it is kind of personal, depending on kind of what what you know what people need what for their game, what at? stage. Yeah. I would say most people stick around from like a, a year to two years. Okay. I think uh, ideally longer than that. You know. I think we we try and give, especially the conventions. We want to give time to the games that are kind of up and coming and they're new. And if you have a lot of games that have been there year after year it can be especially for the play testers that are repeats that show up you know they're, they're kind of looking for new games anyways so once once you're at kind of more than two year mark you know you may not see them at conventions as much but we like play test them in, in game stores uh, a do lot you folks do your company help do your company help give them feedback or do you just facilitate the the venue and um getting them players to play their games or do you guys actually be like, I think you should do this and this and this. Like, do you offer your advice to them also, or are you just kind of a framework for them? Yeah. Um, I, I would say we're, we're definitely more of a, like, facilitating. Um, you know, I, I try to, we try to give kind of, like, bigger vision feedback to the designers on maybe what they're looking for as far as, like, like if you're making a card game and you don't know if you're going to, like, you know, self-publish it or give it to, like, a, um, a publisher, I think... We start. We, we ask designers what their goals are and what the questions are to help kind of guide them on what they want to do and what they kind of expect with their game. Because I'm I'm definitely open uh, open towards like kind of giving like mentoring and advice on like what people can do with their game. I don't necessarily like give them professional like like very specific professional guidance. I just kind of answer some questions like. Like, if you want to uh, um, get your game out there and you want it on shelves and such, like, are you, how do you want to do that? Do you want to give it to a publisher or pitch it to a publisher and they are responsible for all of that? If, that, if you end up doing that, that's great, but then maybe they want to maybe change the theme of it. Maybe they have a little bit more of the business decisions on it. Um, and if that's not okay with you, if you want to publish your game as is, you know, you may want to try to do, like, the self-publishing route that kind of thing. So I, I basically, we basically um, 
mo we mostly facilitate the play testing at events so people can get feedback uh, on what they want to do uh, and how they want to build their game. So you're kind of like the guidance counselors in the College of Gaming. Yeah, okay. A counselor, yeah, guidance counselor. I like that. I like, I like that idea. Um, and yeah, pretty, pretty much, because we've, uh, you know, myself and actually a number of the designers that still stick around, you know, whether they're, they end up being organizers or we have a number that just keep bringing uh, new games that they're working on um, because they've been either successfully published or they want to move on to a different type of game after playtesting, they found out maybe it doesn't work as well, you know. Um, they, they kind of stick around and they have like this really good guidance counseling to them where they can explain like what their experiences were like to new people who, who show up. And um, <clears throat> that's one thing I'll mention is we mm -hmm. definitely have a lot of new people showing up lately. You know, Seattle's had an influx of people moving here for jobs or, or what have you. And a lot of them want to like playing games. And so they want to get connected into the local community. Or, um, you know, it's been two years, so people are maybe work, been playing more games and are now designing games. And now they want to figure out what do I do next. So we're kind of always at that stage where we're meeting people when they're first getting into it. Um, and kind of, again, guiding them on what to do next. I was wondering how the pandemic affected that. I feel like people must be playing tons more games, right? I tons mean, more games. Jeez, that's, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's what I got. Same I also think it's super cool for people, because you need playtesters, people who aren't designers, mm -hmm. of all levels of um, skills, right? Because I'm not good at learning games. I need someone to teach me a game. So mm -hmm. There's a lot of people who don't need that at all. They just learn. This is a good way to do, get experience with that. Um, and also, we've talked to some game designers who started out playtesting with their friends and family who weren't always as honest as they should be. Exactly. Um, so you really need people to be honest. Like, but if, there's, if you think this is broken, tell me. Mm -hmm. So, so that's also great for that. It's one of my favorite things to do. If I would have had time today, I would have done some playtesting. Oh, we got more tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> and so this is, uh, is it mostly just uh, board games? Have you had people come in with an RPG type game? Or is it, uh, what's the um, oh, we got composition big, usually? Big, big range, big range. Okay. I, I will definitely say um, digitally that we've tested the last uh, year or so. It's mostly been strategy games. Um, but the good thing is, another pivot that people have done is try to do other games um, that maybe are more accessible to uh, uh, digital playing. So we actually have had um, a, a group, uh, they were the designers on For All Mankind, which is actually here at Dragonflight, but they have pivoted and, and worked on some app-based games. They actually had kind of an Uno-inspired um, workout game uh, that we had play tested a lot over Tabletop Simulator. So you would do things like, you know, uh, um, do different, um, like certain actions and stuff, like jumping jacks, things like that, and you'd pass them on to other players. It was a really clever game um, mm -hmm. and that we could test digitally. Um, but they're kind of, you know, started their, their app company and are working on game, on digital games. Um, and so we've tested those as well. Um, and we do get the occasional RPGs. Um, we actually have one testing uh, this weekend also. Uh, the Fool's Journey is pretty new. Um, we've tested it at a few events lately, but it's kind of a tarot-based um, RPG system, and it's kind of set in a fantasy world. Um, but I would say a majority of our games are going to fall in kind of the more like casual family card game, mm -hmm. board game, and then kind of go up to the strategy, like one to two hour like hobby type game. But we will get outliers of other games, uh, and that kind of you know keeps things fresh, 
uh, and, and interesting around here. So what if uh, somebody had an idea, let's say I have an idea for an expansion for a particular existing game, or maybe perhaps using the open license for D&D. It's like, oh, I want to do, I want to, I, I, I made this campaign and I want to put on the DMs Guild, but I, I, I need to test it out. Is this a place that you can go to on that? I think you can. I, I think, we're, you know, we're definitely open to people doing that. And actually, it's funny you bring that up because we have a designer that's playtesting a, play a Mana Surge redo. Um, is, is kind of the, I believe it's the working title, but um, Mana Surge was a game that was published uh, by Daily Magic Games a while back. And then this is kind of like an updated version that the designer is testing. Um, and so, and I think we've tested, I don't know if we've tested modules, but we've definitely tested other people's like expansions. I want to say maybe someone made like some kind of terraforming Mars like <laughs> thing that they were trying to test out. Mm -hmm. And honestly, it's all open because it's all kind of like at the testing phase. Right. So we're, we're, we're down for anything. And let's say you have a game designer, they've went through the testing and all that. And um, is it a place where they can ask for advice like how am i gonna i don't i don't know how to market this i don't know if i should go to kickstarter if i should go to a game designer or not game designer like a company and then present it to them do you do you, ha do you give them advice on that as as well or do you or do you allow them through the networking of being in in playtest northwest to, they, they kind of have to just kind of reach out to different people they've met yeah, uh, kind of like uh, with answering uh, Rebecca's question also, you know, we definitely facilitate a lot, um, but we don't necessarily give like very specific advice. I would say this is the same case where I'm happy to kind of mentor people through uh, some of the, the questions that they may have on what next things they should do after play testing. Um, we don't have anything like really concrete in place. But like you said, the good thing is we have networked with a lot of people. And so if I don't know, I usually will pass them along to like good connections or maybe, um, you know, good things that they can start with. Like if you are trying to get your game um, picked up by a small publisher and I, ideally it seems great for Kickstarter because, it, you know, you already contracted art and stuff and it seems ready to go. Then like maybe it's worth looking at certain uh, um, Kickstarters or game companies that have games with a similar art style or... Um, type of uh, complexity of gameplay and you know maybe kind of like narrowing your, um, uh, your your kind of like field of who you're pitching to because and and like you said continuing to connect people to um, places that they can pitch their game at I will say that's another gem of the of people play testing and doing conventions online is I've actually seen that it's easier well it, it, it's more accessible to get to um, publishers if you have your game digitally, if they're hanging around in certain discords of conventions, you can showcase your game easier, uh, or you know, uh, more more easily without having to do the whole like I fly to a convention, I do the hotel room, I book a time to demo it for them, I have right. to have the physical prototype. So there, there's a lot of great things that I think come with um, just kind of getting out there and finding other communities, not just ours, mm -hmm. but kind of networking with a bunch of different people because it is a pretty small community once you get to like tabletop game design and then if it's like tabletop game design of the west coast you know there's mm -hmm. there's a lot of people uh, in that community and so getting to know all of them i think is, is beneficial i have a silly question that's more more of a trivia question i guess okay um, shoot. so of course i grew up with you know milton bradley and mm -hmm. i don't know hasbro and those types of things um uh, no, not too many expansion packs on Twister or any of that. <laughs> so 
if do you think that there are more of these uh, so many games so many gamers and, and game creators do you think games are represented more by independent or smaller companies now than, than these big guys I don't even know if these big guys still exist Milton Bradley still exists I don't even know <laughs> Oh yeah, oh yeah, they they still exist because if you go to the big box stores, like that's where all the games are but at. That's what people might uh, route. They might want to take if they don't want to deal with all the, um, you know, business side of things. If they just want to make their game and get their game out there, that might actually be a route they're interested in. But mm-hmm. yeah, I guess I just wondered, like, what do you, there's so how many percentage of games out in the world right now are like. Mm. That is yeah. that is quite a question. Yeah, that is that is quite a that's quite a trivia question. I I oh I can't give you a percentage. I I'm not good with percentages. <laughs> when you're, I feel like when you're in yeah. an environment like this, it uh, just yeah. feels like there just must be all games like this, mm-hmm. brought, you know, brought about by new creators and developers, and and you just don't see any of the mainstream games around. Although I did see a version of a Monopoly thing out there in the front <laughs> lobby, but. <laughs> Yeah, it's interesting. I, you know, again, can't give percentage necessarily, but I think it really is about, like, the audience you're trying to reach. When you go to these conventions that are a little bit more based on, like, hobby and strategy games, um, you're, you're, this is the audience that you're trying to reach if you're making one of those games. And so I've definitely seen, like, kind of a growth of the number and maybe, like, size as far as, like, the number of games they're producing um, in some of these, you know, quote-unquote smaller or medium-sized companies. Um, and just with the creation of new studios recently, you know, I, the one that comes to mind is like, you know, a Critical Role uh, is putting together their own publishing house, the Daring, Darrington Press, I think is what it's called, and they publish their first game. And so you definitely see more places doing it. Um, I think that comes with a big asterisk, though, because with the whole um, kind of like issues with shipping and uh, global shipping right now and a lot of the um, just additional costs and time that's that's causing it's definitely something that is really hurting smaller businesses um a lot and so i I worry about that but but you know in the meantime in the in the growth that it has happened in the last few years i've definitely seen more indie smaller publishers popping up and a lot of them have such a big fan base in kind of like this hobby community that they you know they can be sustained by the people those people buying their games i mean on the back end on what the business is to get the games over here or um, with other publishing costs, I don't know. But as far as like finding your audience, like there's, there's definitely like a, ra- a ravenous amount of audience here that wants to, to support those games. Uh, and so with so many of those companies still around, I think, I think there are like a lot more indie games um, that are specifically targeted for this audience and made for them. And they're, you know, getting supported uh, in addition. So, can you give us a maybe a recent example of one of the folks that went through Playtest Northwest and now they uh, maybe there's a game that maybe we've seen or they they did really well on Kickstarter? Um, do you have a, a story? I do. I totally. I I have a couple. I have a couple stories. Oh, okay, good. Really kind of give kinda, us the big one. The big one. Okay, yeah. the big one. The big one is really flat out games. You've probably come across them before, you know, and they, they have actually created their own, um, a number of their own like playtesting communities, um, you know, outside of Playtest Northwest, but they'll pop into our tables, you know, uh, especially in the last, like, in the previous three years, you know, at, at like PAX or Emerald City and, and Dragonflight and such. 
and they're just a joy to play test with because they have so many awesome ideas and they're pulling them from a lot of different uh, game designers and they're kind of helping them. They're, they're definitely one, uh, um, a group that's helping designers more through like the business process and the production process and kind of do that, um, in, what do you call that, like in tangent with mm -hmm. them, with them. Uh, and so uh, Cascadia, I think, is one of the more recent examples of one that, like, you know, had tested at a lot of our tables, I think, in 2018, 2019, maybe. Um, and then later that year, went on to Kickstarter, um, blew up on Kickstarter. It's one that was illustrated by Beth Sobel. Oh, Beautiful. Uh -huh. We actually have a, a prize. Uh, one of our prizes today is uh, the Cascadia game itself. Oh, cool. Because cool. it has been successfully fulfilled. I want to say it was earlier this year. Um, but the designer, uh, Randy Flynn, I think he's the lead designer on it, and, and flat out they have a number of people that, uh, a collab of people that they uh, bring to help work on the game. Um, but that game, again, blew up on Kickstarter. People love it. It's all over Twitter and, and you know, a lot of the indie and hobby channels. Uh, and what's so great is it's focused on the Pacific Northwest, you know? <laughs> it's about, right, right. you know, it's this kind of, like, tile-laying, uh, pattern-making game of, like, Building certain habitats yeah. for yeah. for these animals of the Pacific Northwest. I mentioned that once in one of our it, podcasts, given that we're yeah. Cascadia. Mm -hmm. it, it, it must be nice to see that having you know watching a game designer go in there to try to struggle. It's it's difficult already yeah, for a game that, designer. Like, watching mm -hmm. and then what? Like a student or something. Like a baby. Like a baby. He's grown up. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's why I'm still here. You know, it's. I definitely say it's not. It's not easy to kind of like juggle both mm -hmm. this. And, and working as a, as a full-time producer at, at Funko Games because <laughs> um, yeah. it definitely keeps me busy. But um, it's really about the community and the people and kind of like wanting to, to mentor and help people succeed in the game that they're mm -hmm. trying to make. Um, and, I, and I can tell you, even in the last like year and a half of digital testing, there are a lot of games that, had, that, that found their, their niche and found their, their rhythm and play-tested through the pandemic and that are now coming out into these um, physical spaces, I have to say that, like in-person yeah. spaces um, that, are, that are finding success. So we have a game um, that uh, tested today and it will be back on Sunday, a Treat Please by Courtney. You may have seen it. It's an mm -hmm. adorable game about uh, taking on the role of a dog, trying to get affection from the human. You do very <laughs> much, you do very dog things. So if uh -huh. you're a dog lover, have a pet, it's very relatable. Well, it, it's so nice that you provide this in a sense, it's a community. You've, you've built this community, allowing for some up-and-coming game designer who has no idea what to do to not only play taste their games, but actually, you know, reach out to other game designers and ask questions like uh, things like, hey, I don't know how to do my art. Uh, I remember we interviewed one person that was <laughs> play, went through Playtest Northwest and all they had is three by five cards. And, mm -hmm. you know, they, they, you know, talked to other people on how to get the art. And, uh the, the complexities of, you know, great, you got a game, you got the art. I, now I, I have no idea how to make this thing, you know? And so it's nice that you have the, you've built this community to help people out. Yeah, uh -oh. and it's really, it leans on other game designers helping other game designers. Like, it, it isn't just me, although I, I answer all the emails. Um, it's, <laughs> yeah, all, all the emails. Uh, but, um, you know, we have a lot of people that are just here to help out others, and that's kind of like, um, you know, kind of like the mission statement of Playtest Northwest is the idea that you, as a game designer, you know, you're trying to work on your own game, but it's almost even more about you 
um, play testing other game designers' mm-hmm. games and, and getting to know them and helping them through their, their process because they're going to do the same for you. Um, and, you know, it, it's very much like this kind of like collective community. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, so, good. I'm, I'm glad I spoke to you about my yeah. expansion idea for, for Twister. One more colors, more dots, <laughs> two spinners. Mm-hmm. I'll get with you on that. There so, you go. <laughs> so, what, uh, so what's coming up? The uh, next event's coming up, and um, how do they get a hold of you? Yeah, yeah. So um, I see I see you over there looking at our website. I am. It, it Very is, pretty. It yeah. is uh, it's pretty. It is uh, horribly out of date. But you can still go there. <laughs> you can still go there. And if you go to the contact page, Ooh. that's the best part uh, because you can sign up for our newsletter. That's, that, that is what will let you know when, where we're going for the events. The other great place people should go to is the meetup.com slash playtest uh, northwest because that is where we'll put all of our events that you can RSVP to. Um, and that includes both our in-person and digital testing. So we actually play test digitally every Sunday, 10 a.m. Pacific time. All you have to do is have a semi-decent mic and be able to um, load up Tabletop Simulator with some ease um, because we just will play test for at least a few hours every Sunday. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And then, so after Dragonflight, we definitely, all these conventions are coming due um, because we actually have a special event. We're partnering with Seattle Indies, uh, and we're doing, I think it's called the Puddle Jump Games um, uh, event, and it's happening in, Fr- in Fremont on November 12th. We're actually looking for some oh, people to sign up and play some games there, but it's going to be a merging a of... Place to- yeah, I'm excited. We're gonna merge uh, both tabletop and digital games into like a weekend long event oh, to just wow. cool. have like kind of this play festival. Mm-hmm. Um, and then of course the other big one, Emerald City Comic Con, is gonna kind of close out the year for us. Uh, that's happening December second through fifth. It'll be as it always is mm-hmm. in the convention center. And then we know as soon as we're celebrating the new year, OrcaCon will be right back yeah, here. Yeah, OrcaCon. Well, Nicole, thanks a lot for coming on. I uh, really appreciate it. And again, you can contact her. Go, just go to Playtest Northwest. They also have a Twitter and Facebook. Yes. And uh, if you are an up-and-coming game designer, hey, you know what? You need a community to help you out. So go reach out to them. And hopefully we get to talk to you again. Maybe we'll get to talk to you again at uh, OrcaCon. That'd be kind of yeah, cool. Yeah, do nice. it. Take, take a break. That's take right. Break. And we're, oh, we're going to be we're testing down. out uh, Rebecca's uh, Twister expansion. Yeah, so that'd be yeah, kind of cool. Be great. I'm down. I'm oh. down. All right. Thanks a lot. Thank you. I love talking to Nicole. Oh, she's wonderful. It's like one of the worst things about the pandemic is not talking to Nicole because we didn't get to go to any conventions. And the the fact that we were able to uh, talk to some of these up and coming uh, uh, game designers. And by the way, check out our I think our previous podcast. You can uh, see some of the game designers that we talked to. Oh yeah. And the ones coming in the future because we got a lot of contact content that we're uh, rolling out there. We're yeah. trying to do it every. Once every two weeks. So. Yes. Things are more complicated, so sometimes it doesn't work out. Right. And, <laughs> and just to let you know, still Paul and I, fully vaccinated, fully boosted. Yes. Uh, we're following all rules. Uh, and then, of course, we're in our little bubble here. Yes, so this is our bubble. We have a small bubble. And we will have, when you are out on the con floor in the convention amongst the, the people, amongst our fellow nerds, you got to mask, mask up. Right yeah, and work. you can check out the COVID policies on orcacon.org. Yes. But in the meantime, look, you're probably listening to me because you're thinking, what am I going to do on Friday? 
What am I going to do on Friday, Paul? Well, what, what could you do on Friday? Well, first of all, I'm going to come know, to there, the Bellevue there, Hilton. You know, there's Pony Expo in Vancouver. No, but you want to come here to the Bellevue Hilton. Um, uh, obviously, hopefully you're coming here on January 7th and you're not listening to this podcast in, in February. And like, oh, <laughs> wow, I screwed up. No, you're going to come here, you're going to drive here, you're going to go, go to the Bellevue Hilton. You're going to get a room yes. because getting a room will increase your con enjoyment and by 120%. Say, and you're going to say you're here for OrcaCon. Yes, yes. And the first thing you're going to do is... Check out the panel where we welcome you all to OrcaCon. So Donna Pryor, our executive director, will be there to welcome you all um, to OrcaCon so that you know what's going on, the latest changes. So check that out. That is at noon. And then at 2 p.m., 2 p.m., we have virtual tabletops and module creation nece- necessary involve use of another intellectual's another intellectual's property. So basically what is happening is, I'm sorry, I should have backed up there. Basically one of the panels, rules, lawyers, copyrights, trademarks, and gaming. So if you've got a game in development and you want to know all the legal mumbo jumbo, check out Ethan um, for that in the panel room at the Redmond. You know what? I might attend that. I was going to have this idea for a game with hexagonal tags, tabs. We call it a Settlers of Catton. Oh, yes, you should do that. It's I think gonna, that's it's a great be, idea. Little kitties that you put you will over. not get sued at all. Also, by the way, that and, and these panels are, uh, well, I'm telling you right now, that is full. However, however, sometimes people don't show up. So that just because it's full doesn't mean that you, you don't have an opportunity. You might yeah, have you an opportunity. Yeah, you can check it out. Go check it out. At the same time, there's going to be a game called Candy Squad. Um, so check that out. Uh, Kyrie Stocks is running that game. It uh, looks like there is still capacity to go in there, so check that out. Um, She's the co-owner of Loot at Loot. I love that. Oh, L-O-O-T. that is cool. L-U-T-E. <laughs> uh, Candy Squad is a cooperative deck building game, so um, you should have fun with that. Next is Chez Geek. It's um, Chez Geek? French. Chez Geek. Chez Geek. Okay, Chez Geek. Check that out. Award-winning game of Modern Roommates. All looking for enough slack for the weekend. Sounds fun. Reminds me of my time when I was a, a young person in a in trying to get roommates. I don't know. It's, I don't know what it does, but it's full anyway. You can't go in there. Well, it's limited. It's limited. Next one is, oh, oh, I remember this game. This is a good one. Uh, we have a review of this. We've actually played this game. Yeah, check out the review on Geeks of uh, on our Geeks of Cascadia. But Quacks of Quidlinburg. The one, the Kinder something. Yes, I love this thing. So. You're adding ingredients, and you're making like a potion, I believe, right? I thought it was just about ducks. It's not about ducks. It's been so long since we talked about it, it's, I don't know. I've never played it. It's not about ducks. But anyway, check it out. It is full, though, but who knows? Maybe perhaps you can get a chance to uh, go in there. Next is, I love it how they're adding these games that I can't pronounce. Uh, I, what is it? Apparitions. Is it about cats? I, I don't I don't think so. Apparitions Apparitions is a lightweight tabletop game where you take on the role of a household a household of kitties. I guess you're right. Wow, it's, amazing. It's, it's a malevolent spirit kitty game. That's oh. brilliant. I love that. Interesting. So that you go around the house, I imagine knocking things off Un- tables. Unfortunately, yeah. Unfortunately, it's full. <laughs> but oh, good, you never know. Sometimes anyway. people don't show up. Yeah. So check that out. Next is. Um, a Star Wars, uh, I don't know if it's a board game, but it says B 
BSB. It's red. Oh, RPG. Sorry, RPG. Star Wars: The Dirty Hall Dozen. Uh, that is full, but again, drop. It says drop-ins welcome, so you never know. Maybe you have an opportunity to go in there. Next is Alien Blood is thicker. Alien Blood is thicker. Life on a mining colony is designated designated to be boring, but when a relative shows up with a dark past, ooh, things can go boring and too deadly. Uh, so check that game out. That game is full, but again, as I say, just because it says full, you should right. you should stop by because you never know. D&D Bank Heist. Uh, so looks like uh, that. So a little bit of D&D is going on there. Yep. Full but go ahead and give it a try. Yep. Yep. Uh, next is, uh, speaking of heist and D&D, you know, we played uh, Waterdeep. Uh, uh, it was Better a heist night. game. Yeah. Yeah. That was fun. It was very fun. Yeah, it was a good game. Some I really enjoyed really that. Really fun aspects of that. Um, oh, um, by the way, we also did a, um, a review of that. Oh, yeah, go back and so check that out. At 3.15, kickstarting your TTRPG. Check that out. That is a panel. Uh, Tanya's in there. So all of you out there having great ideas of uh, some game you want to do and you want to kickstart it, uh, go to that. Maybe we should go to that. Maybe we should. I mean, we always talk about new games, but we're just too lazy to actually do anything. Also, it's full, but we can try. It is full, but I bet you we know people we can get in there. I bet. You know, I know Tanya. We're pretty good. Yeah, I know her. She likes me better than you. We had breakfast this morning. I sat next to her. That's true, but she liked me better. (laughs) Um, I I can't remember. Do I keep on going? Yes, I keep on going. That's right. Okay. (laughs) Next panel at 4.30. I think another good one for you up and coming... um, well, this one's Bianca. I love Bianca. We yeah. did the um, the um, Apex Prime um, the Diversity Lounge together. Oh, yes. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So all of you up-and-coming game uh, designers out there, check it out. Making role-playing games welcoming to new players. Check it out. We got, uh, like just like uh, Still Paul said, we got Bianca. We got Omega Jones in there. Donna Pryor. Uh, seems like a fun, uh, fun thing That's to go really to. That's a really good panel. And, oh, by the way... <laughs> It's not full, so it's not opportunity. Full. At um, 4.30, we also got Munchkin. Who lo- I mean, everyone loves Munchkin. I played Munchkin. Great, so check that out. <laughs> um, you've not played Munchkin, you, or you don't care. No one's ever played Munchkin with me. How could I possibly play Munchkin? Oh, with well, I played with my kids. I didn't get to play D&D until, until 2016. Well, my friends are terrible. Well, you were kind of mean. So next time... <laughs> Uh, next, sorry, next is we got Nemesis, so check that out. Nemesis is a semi-cooperative game in which you and your crewmates must survive on a ship infested with hostile organisms. That sounds horrible. Yeah. I hate that. Hostile <laughs> organisms. Maybe Omicron? Who knows? All right, next is uh, Potions and Puppies. In Potions and Puppies, you will take on the role of a magical doggo who must discover and craft potions. Check that out. That is full, though. Those three games are full, but you never know. Drop in anyway. Uh, we've got a role-playing game. It looks like... That's weird. Intro into role-playing games. Role-playing game? It's a role-playing game about role-playing games? Interesting. Uh, whether you want to get into role-playing games or just want to see what all the fuss is about, this is for you. Um, so using a quick-to-learn Amazing Tales game system. So anyway, check that out. It's limited. Uh, still have openings for you, so check that out. Um, can I touch your mouse? You can touch my mouse. So I am throwing it over to Still Paul. Go ahead. Okay. Um, we've also got a decolonizing RPG design. So I imagine that's about oops, colonialism, and I just clicked the wrong button. Yes, that is a, a panel. It's a panel. 
Okay, yes, it's about um, TCRPGs have a history of colonization, which is like the worst thing mankind has ever done. Um, and so this is t showing you how to uh, not do that um, in, in your RPG. I think that's a great thing. And this is uh, like a swear word. Another blanking fetch quest at 7 p.m. Uh, another blanking fetch quest is a fast, fun, fantasy-themed card game in which each player selects a character with unique stats and abilities and takes turns compiling quests on cards. That sounds wonderful. Um, the, also, the um, Curse of the Crystal Finger is getting limited, so you might want to sign up for that. Oh, I skipped one, didn't I? You did. Okay, that's it. That's superheroes. I'll go back. Um, the Curse of... The, that's hard to say. The Curse of the Crystal Finger... Um, can our heroes return a, a cursed artifact of, to Mars before it destroys humanity? No pressure. Also, there is a not-so-superheroes um, system. Fate accelerated. You are a group of regular, regular-ish people trying to become superheroes. It looks like you're about to get your chance. How will you do? Your presenter is Dean Keith. He's been around a while. I think I've read his name a number of times. Hmm. Um and we have Ooh, paranoia. Paranoia. Mm -hmm. I haven't been experiencing that recently at all. <laughs> <laughs> That's like an ongoing game. It's like uh, I said to you earlier, we have this, this special new game we're playing at OrcaCon, which is called um, Pandemic, the um, full-size, mm -hmm. the Omicron expansion. I think we're winning. <laughs> I think we're, I hope, okay, I hope we're I winning. Hope so. Okay. <laughs> um, so um, greetings, troubleshooters. Friend, computer... Friend, computer needs your help to find trouble in an alpha complex and shoot it. Okay, I like that. Oh, my goodness, we've got Car War 6th Edition. Who's this Marcus? Wow, that is not Greg that's, Pratt. That's not Greg Pratt. Interesting. Okay. Maybe it's his friend. It's probably regular size. Get um, up larger 3D cars. Nope, he's, he's doing the same thing. I bet that's his friend that hangs out with him. Um, so Car Wars, that's a, not the tournament. It's mm -hmm. just a fun game. Yeah. And it's full, but, you know, stop by. People drop out. We keep saying that. We just stop saying that. And, boy, there's a lot going on at 7. Dread, happy birthday. Um, system is Dread. Mm -hmm. Obviously. Um, life is perfect. The world is perfect. This birthday party is perfect. The food is perfect. Everything is perfect. Except things truly are not what you thought they were. That mm. sounds kind of like fun. Um, Dream Team, the sky is falling. That's limited, so get on a sketch. Um, that's a D and D five E system. Oh, uh, by Black Shield. That's pretty cool. In the Ravenloft domain. Ah, I you love should, it. You should sign up for that. I think that sounds good. It takes place on a floating city. Also, um, under a pale sky, D and D fifth edition. Does it say who runs this? No. After a local ranger and werewolf hunter is viciously murdered. A collection of hunters gathers in the village of Oakcrest to find the terrible beast that slew him. That's Pretty by cool. Alexander Cummings. Pretty cool. There's a lot of D&D games. That's there are. Awesome. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. That's great. Um, we usually don't have room for that. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's perfect. Um, we've also... This is all, still 7 o'clock? Wow. Yeah. Secrets of the Grey Wastes. I almost said Wales because I'm blind. Um, the town of Datham... Is located in the gray desert wastes of Kinnar. Puddles of salt water have begun to bubble up the, from the below the sands near the town. The town's growing restless and scared. It will be up to you to find out what's going on. 
And then with um, Brendan Quinn, we've got Stone Top. It's filling. Sign up now. Um, no one knows how the stone got there, nor what the runes cut into its surface might mean. Few can even recount how the village sprang up around it. Most take the stone for granted as the heart of their little settlement and an, an anchor that holds them. This is really weird. <laughs> um, fast at the edge of the known world. When a storm sweeps in across the flats, the stone pulls lightning down from the clouds like, well, nothing else at all. Well, outsiders might cower before the deafening display. The residents, this is too long. But I'm it's not too long. Can, you, can you scroll down? I was wondering what system it is, if it even says what system it is. Huh, interesting. Well, you know, you know what? Sure, wait, all the way down. Could you scroll all the way down, down, down. Yeah. Uh, doesn't say what system, but uh, I'm sure it'll be fun. No, so check it out. No experience required. It's yeah. run by Brendan Quinn, uh, four players, mm-hmm. and it's in Skyview. Uh, it's on the second floor. I don't know. Third floor. That's the one with all the windows. It gets loud in there. That's the end of seven o'clock. Holy smoke! A lot going on at seven. Um, then the last scheduled event of the night is Great Western Trail Second Edition. Yeehaw! It's a tabletop game. It's a tabletop game. It's about wrangling your herd of cows across the Midwest prairie and delivering it to Kansas City. This is a Euro game designed by Alexander Feister, I'm going to say, um, who designed, can you read that? Maracaiba, Isle of Skye, um, from Chieftain to King, and more. Yeah. Your presenter is Harwin Dong. All right. So, yeah, that, that, but of course there's going to be free play. Yeah, oh, all over. And we've got game libraries everywhere. Yeah, yes. We've got the, we've got the play to win library. Mm-hmm. We've got our library. We have a kids library. Yeah. Is and it? we got and a lot of people bring their own games. I, I brought a ton of games. So I brought a ton of games. So really, I mean, it, it's gonna be fun. You just come in here. You don't um, if you don't have to, to sign up for a game to play a game, right? You can just play a game. Yeah. Um, also, if you came here and you're like, man, I don't have anyone to play with. We have little things that you can bring with your table to, sh- to show everyone, yeah. I need a player. Yeah, I want to play with people. And we've got people that will play with you. Yeah. So come on down. There's no excuse. Get a room. Have fun. I mean, look at the weather. It's just boring and cold. Yeah, you don't like it. Let me just come here. Yeah. That's what I do. Don't be hoping. Yep. Um, I think that's all we got uh, for the got. day. We'll join us every day as we do this, as we prep your day for you exactly so listen to us we're going to try to do again we'll do this every day we'll uh we will tell you the schedule what's going on the highlights and we'll try to get it posted like the night before yeah so that you can listen to the night before or in the morning as you're getting up getting ready to, to enjoy the con yes and uh if you're wondering where rebeculous is she will be joining us hopefully. she will be joining us yes and tomorrow perhaps a new special guest on friday but we'll see yes that we'll is. see yes uh but with that that's Stay all tuned. i've got all right that's all i have all right well embrace the nerd and i hope you make that saving throw Cascadia Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by OrcaCon.